Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bedsheets, or skincare, or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello? Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business? With Shopify, you'll get the tools you need to nurture your growing business and feel the same satisfaction as listening to this ad. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Simply start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. podcast where I chat with fellow book lovers, authors, book bloggers, booktubers uh, and just general bookworms uh, all about their fictional fantasy nights um, and anything goes as we've learnt from previous episodes. Um, if it's been in a book or they wrote a book, uh, dead or alive, it's allowed. Uh, and for this week's episode I'm joined by not one but two fantastic authors. I have just finished their latest novel, Daughter of Darkness, and oh my word. If you are a fan, firstly, if you're a fantasy fan, check out their work. If you are a fan of Greek mythology, oh yeah, yeah, I've gone there. If you're a fan of Greek mythology, this is the book for you. It is an absolute mashup of fantasy and myths. Uh, it is a retelling and a, a retake on the tale of Orpheus, um, but not all is as it seems. So I'm going to leave that little juicy bit hanging in the air there, and I'm going to chat with them in more detail. They are, of course, Catherine and Elizabeth Core. Uh, what is better than one core sister? We've got two. Um, I'm very excited to delve in with them, chat with them all about their latest book, and uh, find out all about their novel evening. So a huge hello to Catherine and Elizabeth. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm loving your Grecian background on Zoom. Yeah, um, it would be thematically um, appropriate. So. <laughs> I it think is. It's actually, it is in Greece. I think it actually might be a Roman temple in Greece. That, uh, we went to Athens a few years back, and I think it's a photo I took. Um, oh you took that I assumed it was just like a stock zoom one but that's that's impressive thank you (laughs) this is just my kitchen (laughs) (laughs) yeah my living room kitchen (laughs) it feels as hot as as Greece right now though right so we're still on theme now would this trip to Greece in any way have inspired your latest book by any chance Um, I'm trying to think of the timing to be honest when did we go to I think um no I think to be honest I think by the time I went to Athens um we had already started thinking out thinking about daughter dark well as we hadn't called it that at that point because the terrible with titles whatever we called it um <laughs> we so we had but so I think um it was 
yeah so I think it was um oh yeah I don't know I've completely you know how lot how it's with lockdowns and everything you you the last two years have become compressed <laughs> with sort of timeless yeah. void in my mind so I don't think it was I think we would had already started thinking about that's, that's not really where we got the inspiration from was it we had we had an initial idea for the story of these sort of people who had this power to go back sort of into the underworld or to the realm of the you know the dead and, and retrieve souls and bring them back and at that time it wasn't set in ancient Greece it was kind of vanilla kind of general what was it just a fantasy world yeah. create another complete fantasy world like we did with swans I think but yeah, but my niece um, went to you know study classics at university and um I think she was sort of waxing lyrical about how interesting it would be to set something you know in ancient Greece I know that's where it came from I can't remember now. I mean, we both did, um, Liz and I both did history at uni and I did um, a lot of ancient history and I did Latin and ancient Greek at A-level. So wow. I've always been interested in um, Greek mythology and I had got particularly interested in the Bronze Age collapse, which is, stop me because I can go on about this and get a bit nerdy and boring, but it's... Can't, can't. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting so it's obviously a long way before what we think of as classical Greece like I get the dates on but like 500 plus years earlier um 700 years maybe and so it but it's the era that was meant to be the inspiration behind the um the Iliad so the Trojan War oh. meant to be Bronze Age um if you were if it was a real had really happened you know if, the, right. if there's an event behind it um, so I think Lizzie came up with the original idea about trying to do something with, um, you know, people going back into the un underworld or the afterlife. And then we started talking about Greek myth and, you know, because there's lots of people traveling back and forth in Greek and Roman mythology. And we started talking about Orpheus and that kind of thing. So, so without giving any spoilers away, your Orpheus in your book is very different to the one that we've read about. Mm -hmm. yeah. How did it feel to be reworking a myth that is so well known and in, you know has been has been done in so many different forms to take that character that we all know so well and change him so completely? How did that feel when you were doing it? I think a bit scary. Would you agree, Liz? I think we, we enjoyed it really, didn't we? I mean, it's we, we did enjoy it eventually. It was it's but it was a bit. I guess. We enjoyed it but we did you're always worried about how people are going to receive it you know sometimes people have very fixed ideas about this is how it should be and you shouldn't mess with the source material and um we, we do like retelling so we like to put our own spin on things and mm -hmm. um, i think we've done that really with all of the books because the witch's kiss is kind of a gender reversed version of sleeping beauty and throat of spartans is very loosely based on um Swan Lake, but we sort of flipped the baddie with the goodie and, and so forth. So it's something that we we were actually quite keen on doing, taking a story of taking a character and turning it, turning it on its head. Yeah, and I think with the Greek myths that they're all so often retold. I mean, they've in their history they've been retold so many times, particularly given that they're oral originally. Um, so it didn't feel like it was something. That we couldn't do because you know they would have been the re the retellings originally I think would have been flexible you know people would have picked different things out that they liked. Yeah. That's really really true and I will say I loved the story 
I thought it was a really fun blend of fantasy and Greek mythology. Um, I loved the magic in it. And I loved the characters. I think all of your characters in the book, they are complex. You know, there's it's not just heroes. I mean, Orpheus isn't great. Um, but, you know, your, even your heroes have got different sides to them, which I really enjoyed. Very, again, like the, the Greek heroes, you know, none of them were all whiter than white and the no, kind of, you no. know, which I, I really enjoyed. Where did the idea for Dana come from? Obviously, we kind of get snippets as we're reading about her history, which we won't give away, but it's very intriguing as you're reading. Was it always that, you know, you were going to have this female character in the centre of things? Did you ever plan to have, you know, a more well-known subject in sort of the centre? Or how, how did you kind of come across her? I think, um, Liz, I think it was your, you, you were, your suggestion originally was, because we written from the point of view of the previous geology had been from the point of view of somebody in a certain amount of power at the beginning and you know all the way all the way through she's got she's got some amount of power and wealth and etc and we wanted to do something different didn't we I think that you had said you were interested in writing a story from the point of view of an underdog more yeah um, I wanted to make her a bit kind of you know, we wanted to distinguish her from our other characters and make her slightly darker than the other two female leads. I mean, they've got some darkness in them too, both of them, but we wanted to give her to give Dana a bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely feel that. And I think as well that the hard thing is the complete loss of her autonomy when you meet her and when you meet all these characters. I think immediately you root for them because they have absolutely, you know, they no control over their lives mm. at all. Mm. Um, and there's something very frightening about the idea of being you know, chained to one place. You know, you cannot leave. You cannot leave this mm. island. You can't leave, you know, this building or, or whatever it is. Um, I thought was an incredible, an incredible spin on kind of slavery of the time and, and how, you know, especially, you know, they've got such power and such magic, but they can only use it mm-hmm. in certain amounts. Mm-hmm. And my favourite character, I'm going to have to be careful I broach, my favourite character was Hades. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. Um, because obviously you've got the villain, you've got Orpheus, who's the villain of the piece. You know, you call him the tyrant. Hades is slightly more complicated, aren't they? In, yes. And I yes. say they... Um, yeah. How did, again, how did it feel to write such a, you know, everyone knows the Hercules Hades with the blue flames and mm. the, everyone's got an idea of Hades. I mean, how cool was it to just write your own version? Um, it was fun. I mean, we really enjoyed writing Hades as a character. And I think um, Hades was had come, it, the voice came in without, we hadn't particularly necessarily pinned down every aspect, but the voice came in very early on in terms of hearing Hades, yeah. certainly in my head, um, that kind of slightly sarcastic, you know, um, velvet, what is the, what's the phrase? Iron fist in the velvet glove kind of thing. Yes. Um, where you think, you know, they smile and um, play nice, but yeah <laughs> you don't mess with them yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's often scarier than someone who's you know because you you can't really understand Hades and and you can't really predict what Hades is going to do because it's so volatile and because in one respect they keep their character to themselves so yeah 
slightly scarier than someone who's a more obvious kind of evil do-gooder. I mean, I love Darth Vader, but, you know, we weren't going for the Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, skin of evil. We were going <laughs> slightly more, you know. Oh, it's so much fun to, to read. And I really loved, I loved reading Orpheus as well. Um, you wrote a very good villain, I have to say. Um, and I urge everyone to read it just to just to read the villain in this because if you like a book where you're really going to read it and root for the good guys I say in quotation marks this is it <laughs> and we know book two is is coming yes what can you tell us about book two if anything um that we haven't finished it yet so. <laughs> we're, still progress. we're still kind of trying to work out you know I think we've got the beginning and the end so well, we know where we're going it's just uh... <laughs> Bit of it's, been, it's been very busy um but uh, book two so there's more um more mythology um more traveling oh. around to different places um there is one point which i hope is going to have people going why the hell what happened there how could you possibly do that um yeah so that, well, I'm not yeah, we've, we've, we've included more i think more of the other gods mm. and more of the other houses yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that because I think you allude to the other houses and they're mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um and the other gods, you know, a couple of other gods come into play. Um, but I'm excited to see, as you say, see more. I think mm -hmm. this is such a rich world you've created. You want to see all of it. Mm -hmm. and you, yeah. And you touched a little bit on your working process. So obviously you are siblings. Um, I have a, a younger brother. There's no way I could work with him on something <laughs> that required even a week of our time, let alone the amount of time that must have gone into all your books. How does your process work? So when I spoke to the last dual authors, they had two different voices and they mm. wrote one voice each, whereas obviously you have one voice throughout. Mm. How do you divvy up your writing process? How do you do it? Um, well, we have to know where we're going. So there's always a plan of sorts, but it's not... Um plan we stick to rigidly so it tends to evolve so we so so with this the daughter of darkness we wrote about thirty thousand words and then we realized the voice was wrong so then we had to go back and change it or rewrite it um so I, but there's a lot of collaboration generally so we don't kind of do obviously one chapter and we might say oh you can start off with this bit and i'll start in a later section but there's a lot of editing each other's work um and, you know, if there's a bit which plays more to one of our strengths, like Lizzie's really good at dialogue and I'm better at sometimes at the like description and stuff like that. So we'll... Sometimes I find it like I'll just be description of trees, cake to insert, because I'll be like, well, I don't know what the trees would look like, so I'm just going to move past that and get on with the action <laughs> bits or whatever. And I'll just, I'll just put it in cake to insert, literally, which you know, winds her up slightly, but... Yeah, <laughs> I think she's done it. And then I come back and find the chapter has whole loads of holes in it where it's what she's written. I can't bother to write the descriptions. So. Um, so, to each other's strengths, which I think is really interesting. I think that's, that's the thing of a collaboration, isn't it? You're, you know what the other is good at and you play to that. I think it's really interesting. I, I write, um, I write on my own. And I find it really interesting to think how it would be to write with somebody and how you do that process. But you obviously are, you've obviously got it to a fine art. Um, <laughs> you've obviously got it down now. Are there, any, are there any points where you really disagree on something or where a story's going or a character and you have to hash it out a little bit? 
Um, we have had those, haven't we? But okay. I don't think in Daughter of Darkness we had any particularly. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think we're well, not yet. <laughs> I think normally we fall out about who to kill, and 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 I'm a big fan. I hate killing people, and Catherine really enjoys it, and is quite gruesome, and comes up with some really disgusting stuff, which quite disturbs me as her sibling to read it. Kind of go, wow, it's in your head. Um, but you know, and I like making people laugh, and I like the funny stuff, and I like second chances and happy endings and bringing people back. And so she'll try and kill them off and I'll try and find a way to bring them back again. And Yeah, so sometimes it's like, I'm like, this person has to die. And she's like, no, I don't want them to die. So that it's usually about, it's around that. Yeah, uh, and I think sometimes it's around pacing because Catherine is very good with the descriptions. And sometimes she comes up with these beautiful descriptions or whatever. Um, and then I'll, I think, oh, the pay, it's great, but the pay needs to go, and Catherine will be, but my beautiful words, and I'll be... Yeah, and Lindsay's very good at the editing. I like the editing. Catherine writes very quickly. She writes at warp speed. I don't think I write very quickly, but I write quicker than you, so... Yeah, I, I take my time. I, like, Calvin wandered through the woods. <laughs> expression on his face, and by the time I've written that, Catherine's gone through the woods. She's out <laughs> of the woods. She's <laughs> the landscape entirely. Is on to the next thing. The next thing is already <laughs> happening. So it seems like you guys have the best of both worlds uh, in your teamwork and your writing abilities. So now I'm curious with your evening. I know you're doing a joint one. So I'm curious if you have worked on this together, how successful this is going to be. <laughs> We've not worked on this together. I've been flagged that. Lizzie has a proper job as well as the writing job. So she's like, so I've told her where I want the evening to be, and she was like, well, "It's a proper job, but I have a I have a mainstream job which complements my other job." Right, I'm with you. So Catherine has has pretty much done the evening, and maybe yes. you'll chime in if you disagree with someone or you want to yes. throw someone else in there. Yes, yeah, we'll just talk over each other. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, Catherine, yes. firstly, where have you decided that we're going to go for your evening? We're going to go to Valhalla. <gasps> So, which was a last minute choice because I've just seen Thor, Love and Thunder. So I thought, oh, why not? You know, kind of cool. So I love it. You're the only person so far to choose that. Um, incredibly cool. I've yet to see that film. The only but I have seen of the trailer. It looks like my kind of film. That's all I'm going to say from what I've seen advertised so far. Um, but Valhalla just sounds so cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to visit? Yeah, no, I think we could go and, and you know, feasting is obviously a big thing there. So I figured we'd have a nice, you know, feast and mead or whatever they're serving and some, a sing song, you know, some tales, people reciting, reciting the uh, odes and stuff like that. So Valkyries there for us to yeah, yeah. catch up with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this is a really good choice. Actually, this is one <laughs> I have. Oh, why has no one done this yet? Okay. Valhalla, right. We're there. We're sat on our massive long table. Yeah. Uh, we're feasting. Who's the first person that's coming along? Jane Austen. Ah, a few people. In have... field, I know. <laughs> Jane in Valhalla intrigues me. Um, <laughs> what's your reason? We've had her a few times now, but what's your reason for Jane Austen? I just have always loved her books. I first read Pride and Prejudice and when I was about. 13 I think 12 or 13 and um, 
I would turn to them over and over and over. So I just, it's, she's just one of those writers I just think, you know, ticks every box for me. So um, I just think, and you know, she's a complete hero. So I think she completely deserve, deserves to be there. I wouldn't um, Jane Austen. You wouldn't invite Jane Austen. Well, I might not invite you in that case. I might just have Jane Austen instead. That's fine. I'll have my own table. You're going to have the fun table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could have the Jane Austen table. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jane would be fun. I think she's got quite yeah, a... I'm sure she'd be fun, fun, but I think Terry Pratchett would be funner. <gasps> yeah. No, but I think they'd get on well, actually. We could have Terry Pratchett and Jane on the same table. So. Well, they're both observers of human nature, yeah. aren't they? So. Yeah. yeah. They would have some stories to tell, wouldn't they, both of them, I feel like? They'd have some, and uh, Ter I can imagine Terry Pratchett in, you know, in Valhalla. Yes. Yeah. And again, a lot of people have said, you know, these are two people that have been mentioned time and time again, obviously for a good reason, mm. because they're so beloved. Um, I wouldn't necessarily invite Jane either, but it's your evening. <laughs> I think, you know, she'll do all right. She'll do okay in Valhalla. You'll, you know, you'll guide her into proceedings. So we've got Terry's arrived and Jane have arrived and we've gathered them on the table. Who's next? Who's next? I think next I would like uh, Beowulf because I think he would fit right in. Slightly different, you know. Very different vibes. Um, <laughs> yes, I think he'd feel very at home, to be fair. He'd feel he's... very at home in Valhalla and I feel like, you know, he would maybe be good at his my story and they could have talked to him about that. Yeah, um, another he's another people person. Got those skills. Those soft skills. <laughs> yeah, we've we is it we've got an interesting bunch. Okay, I read Beowulf so long ago when I was at school, um, and I know it's been the inspiration of so many stories and books mm -hmm. since then. Um, mm -hmm. And it'd be interesting to see what he thinks of some of the retellings of his story. Yes, yeah, for sure. I was there was one I actually haven't ordered it yet, but I know there's a new one oh. um, written by an American uh, poet. Um, I saw her snippet of her reading it, which sounds really cool. Um, oh, I'll check that out. Yeah, I can't remember. I have to find if I, I'll find the name and I'll send it to you because um, it looks really awesome. Am I allowed another person? Yeah, yes, of course you can. The cat's got his head in a bag and he's cat, get out. <laughs> you hear all the rustling i can't hear any rustling but i do also have a cat so i feel your pain oh, he's got his head right in there um i would have susan cooper oh who please explain to me i've not heard of susan cooper so please tell me who this is so susan cooper is a children's author and she was publishing in the 60s and 70s and 80s i think and um i don't know if she's done anything more recently but she was you know won all these prizes yeah, I think so. And she was hugely influential to me because she is the author of the Dark, Dark is Rising um, series. And I think it's got five books. Wow. And it's very, it's based on sort of Arthurian legend. And she is the author who made me want to write. So I just thought she was just perfect. She was one of these authors who could relate a scene, who could, you know, describe, she was good at the describing of the trees and stuff, but also she could just capture a human reaction or human emotion and it would just, the words would just seem to flow. There was no kind of stiltedness or kind of barrier between you and her. It was just, you would just completely absorbed in everything that she was saying. 
It was like, it's like watching a film in that respect. You kind of, you completely absorbed in it. Mm. Um, Amazing. Especially when you're young. It's hard, I think, when you're young to be completely captured by books in that way. I've read, read it's my most, the cover's fallen off the back now. I've read it, we read it, we read it. Mm, yeah, it is an amazing book. Oh, amazing. and I can't believe I've not heard of it. So that's another one to, <laughs> to stick on my list to, to check out because that sounds incredible. And again, Arthurian legend, it's, it's mm. just so interesting, all these retellings and how different they all are. They did yeah. make a film of it. They made an American film of it. It's like Absolutely Susan Cooper disowned it and wouldn't have anything to do with that. And it was, <gasps> it, that, like, it was probably about 10 years ago, but it was fairly appalling. Oh, God. Oh, no. That's that's what you don't want, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. No. So Susan is there, Terry, Jane and Beowulf. Um, <laughs> it's quite a, quite a bunch at the moment. Do you have anybody else coming? Aragorn. I think would be really cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying this purely for thirsty reasons, but I'm very pleased with the choice. <laughs> I quite like Legolas too. I'd have him. Oh yeah, you oh, are both, both of them. them. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel like they've gotten really well with Beowulf, and I think um, yeah, yeah. And I'd also have um, Aowen because she's really cool. So this is gonna, it's getting quite Lord of the Rings heavy, but. I don't know. I'd like to see that. a drinking competition by the people at the table as well <laughs> if Legolas is there. And Beowulf and Terry Pratchett and Jane. I would like to see who's going to be, you know, who's going to last. Granny Weatherwax. Oh, yeah, she would be really cool. Oh. Yes. There would be no nonsense once okay. Granny Weatherwax shows up. Oh, so maybe not drinking competitions with Beowulf and Legolas then? No, but she's, she is the most fiercest baddie I mean she makes Maleficent look a bit like a wimp in my view so oh. I think she's the she's the ultimate witch we love a witch don't we we do love yeah. a witch yeah. you can't go wrong okay so we've got her overseeing proceedings to make sure things don't get too rowdy I mean Valhalla's pretty known for its rowdiness but she's mm -hmm. going to make sure things don't go too far anybody else who's coming anybody else um I did think of one more person and I'm trying to think of who it was now. Oh, my mind has gone turned into a complete blank. It is the heat. It oh, is the I heat. know um Ged from the Earth Sea uh, Quartet. Oh. Have you read that that's the um uh Ursula Le Guin? Um I haven't, and this is one that I have been recommended so many times. This is the people recommend them and you're like, oh, put it on my list. And then more books arrive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I will read that. But tell me a bit more about this character. I think he it's just uh, particularly the first story, the first novel. Um, he's very so he's trying to find what haunts him and he's also trying to find his magic. And it and um he's just very human, I guess, in his responses. And the answer, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to tell you the answer, but the answer is, uh, it's all about self-acceptance, I'll put it that way, is, is the, um, and the world building is incredible, so um, I think she's up there with like Neil Gaiman and, wow. Um, but yeah, so he would be really cool as a wizard um, to compliment the witch, uh, Granny Why the Wax. And... That's true, and yeah, I think you've got people who all seem pretty pretty self-confident they seem pretty confident in who they are as as individuals and, and it sounds like a nice group 
The question is, is there anybody you really don't want to show up to your evening? Somebody I don't want to show up. Mm. Um, I can't think of anybody. I did think about this question. I, I, I was trying to think about my a villain that I really... Okay, so there is um, a friend of mine, uh, Holly Ray. So her trilogy um, is uh, Midnight Dark, Midnight's Twins. A gathering of midnight and a midnight dark and golden which just came out and so her villain is um a politician who has the ability to travel into the dream world and he's basically just taking people's minds over by destroying the dream world and stuff like that he's really horrible he's one of the worst villains i've read i've ever read so he would definitely not be welcome because he's like no. really really horrible ultimate evil awful to imprisons his own child and this kind of level of you know pretty bad we don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want child in prisoners no, no. For, for feasts no no not at all also the thought of a politician be able to get into your dreams and things is pretty yeah no you just like <laughs> pretty hideous <laughs> just popping into my third you know thursday night dream That's yeah, well, he would not be welcome either frankly no he would not no. liz do you have anybody that you wouldn't want there it's a tough um, one. I was thinking um, Bex Hogan's uh, Viper. Ah, uh, yes. Is Viper, Venom and Vulture? I've got that in the yeah, that's right, yeah. And um, the dad, again, the pirate dad, whose name is currently escaping me, but um, he, he's not very nice either. He's a, he's a bad dad. He's bad. Bad. So what we don't want is bad dads, basically. Bad dads. Uh, yeah. I, I completely agree with you if there's any reason to turn people away from a party it's bad dads and politicians bad parenting yeah bad, that's, that's, bad I, parenting. yeah I don't think I, you know I'm occasionally a mediocre parent but I think I'll probably just be able to get by <laughs> by the skin of my teeth yes and climate change but he's like I don't believe in climate change they're definitely not coming so I'm just like really Sorry, that was a bit random there, but I'm very exercised about the whole that at the moment. I've been reading the news and I'm just like... Zombies yes. are from that... Oh my gosh, what's that book? They made it into a movie with Nicholas Holt, Holt, Holt whatever his name is. Oh, no. Zombies. More bodies. More bodies. More bodies. So we do not want any of the zombies. Or not the zombies, the one things that the, the zombies... The skeleton, I can't remember what they're called. They yeah, they're the nasty. Yeah. Bonies, what they call bonies. Bonies, that was it, the bonies. Yeah, no, they are really, they're quite upsetting, aren't they? As far as like creepy. Yeah. Poor dining, poor bad, bad manners, poor dining. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting there and then they'd start using the brains out of running Weatherwax's hair pattern. Just we don't need that. I think just, you know, nice manners, nice parenting, polite conversation. Yes. Preferably all of your skin, and I think it it seems yeah, pretty open. Songs that would be fun. I think we'd have <laughs> songs. So. Yeah. Oh, surely Legolas and Aragorn and Beowulf must have some pretty good. It's pretty good yeah. drinking songs up their sleeve, mustn't yeah, they? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think so. Gimli would have taught Legolas a few. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Well, I approve very heartily of your evening. Um, <laughs> very much you've you've achieved an a in evenings no, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very impressed and before i let you go and you know have a cold shower and try and rescue yourselves <laughs> in this heat 
are either of you reading anything at the moment? I know you're writing, so. Uh, I've just... I'm oh, such a long TBR list. It's like all the way out of the house, down the street, around the corner. But I mean, I've just been gathering so many fantastic books. And at Yelp, uh, was it last weekend? Um, we did a panel with Anne Lise uh, Zan Sailing, yeah. who Rebel Skies and oh, wow. Race as well. So I picked, I mean, I already had Anne's book and she's kind of decided for me. And I need to read Rebel Skies because I've you know, heard very really good about it. Yeah. Great to read it, and I, I I read Midnight Twins, and I loved it. So I, I need to read. It's Gathering Midnight is the next one I think in the Holly Race trilogy. That's right, yeah. So those are at the top of my uh, reading list at the moment. Awesome. So I've just finished a book called um, The Murder of Mr. Wickham by Claudia oh. somebody whose name I've completely forgotten. Not a YA. It was a it was a a country house murder mystery, I guess you describe oh, it as. Oh, yes. Okay. I enjoyed that. And I'm just about to start uh, Tag Your Dead by Catherine Foxfield, which looks really cool. So, so I think the setting is like there's this citywide game of tag organised by some social media person who's trying to make a comeback and then somebody ends up dead and that's who did it. So That's YA, yes? That is a YA, yeah, that's a YA. I was murder mystery, yes. My daughter's oh. obsessed with, um, not with Albert, she doesn't really think she got that. <laughs> fancy. She loves, you know, crime and murder and everything like that. Oh, that's really cool. I listen, I, I never used to read a lot of thrillers, but as time's gone on, I do quite enjoy, I like to be shocked. I like to find thrillers that legitimately, I don't see the twist coming. I think that's what yeah. I like to try and find where I, I get to the end and I think, oh my God, that's not what I expected. Mm -hmm. I like sci-fi and I read a good trilogy a few years back with Patty Larson, I think her name is. It's called Clone One, it's Clone, I think it's Clone Three, Clone Two, Clone One or something like oh. that. Um, or maybe the other water, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see the ending of that coming. I was like, no way. So lots of zombies and other things in it as well, but I just did not see the ending coming at all. It's very clever, I thought. Oh, that's that's my one thing I love is an ending. I do like a happy ending and I do like a couple getting together, but I also like when something happens, you're like, oh, I did not. Mm -mm. Your cliffhanger in your book. I did not see any of that coming. Did not, good, good. <laughs> and I was a little annoyed when I shut the book and was like, and now you've said, oh, we're still writing it. You know, I'm like, mm, how do I have to wait to find out what is going to happen next? We're going to bring them all back. <laughs> oh, we're going to turn them all off. <laughs> yeah, or there's a bloodbath and everybody dies. So. I mean, Somewhere between the two. <laughs> I love a good killing. Look, I was a big Game of Thrones fan. I really do love it when nobody is safe and you don't know. I know uh, Jay Kristoff is very good at it as well. Mm. And when literally you think, oh, well, they're a main character. There's no way. Like, oh, no, they're dead. I, I do quite like that. I do quite enjoy that. Mm. But as long as I don't really root for that person, because I do get a little, mm. a little irate. So, but I'm very excited to see what happens in the next book. Uh, Daughter of Darkness was excellent. I highly recommend everyone go and uh, pick it up and give it a read. And thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me all about it. No, not at all. Thank you very much for inviting us. It's been it's been lovely to talk to you. Really fun evening.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.